Hello and welcome to the podcast that explores the Heartlands Entertainment Industries. I'm Brian, and I am joined today by Kelly and Nick. Uh, we are still on the glories of Zoom, but the same glories that make this show happen now gave us some connection issues on this episode. So I'm here flying solo for this intro, but we're going to get to everybody all together uh, as soon as our, our conversation starts. Today, we are talking about balancing acting life and family life. This is one of those, those things that kind of people don't really think about very often of, you know, when, if you're wanting to make a living out of pursuing acting and, or even pursuing a career in film or music or just the entertainment industry in general, eventually, you know, you may want to start a family. Eventually, you may want to start adulting and, you know, have a home and all, all of these sorts of things, you know, that, that, that the entertainment industry tends to kind of collide with. So how do we make this work? How do we, how do we enjoy the best of both worlds? So today, to have that conversation, we talked to an actor buddy of mine named Damon Carney. I've known Damon for close to 10 years now. My gosh, we worked together on Hellraiser. Uh, he was on, he's been on countless things here in Oklahoma. He actually lives in Texas and he has his own little deli down in Texas. So he has this side business that he shares with his wife and he, and he has several kids. And, uh, but he's also a super duper successful actor. My gosh, the guy's been in all sorts of different things. I mean, he's going to tell us all about that. He's going to be dropping names left and right. Spoiler alert, there might be mention of a Mr. Hugh Jackman on this one. But uh, without any further ado, I say, let's do it. Let's get right to it. And let's join Nick and Kelly in our conversation with Mr. Damon Carney. Damon Carney on the show today. Welcome, Damon Carney. Yay! Star of such films as Logan, The Lone Ranger, star of Phil, The Walking Dead, Revolution, and much, much more. Yay. I That's like that you said that in a ghost voice. It, it was a ghost voice thing, yeah. Man, how you doing? I'm excellent. I'm doing very well. Happy, healthy, and I figure any day I'm able to get up, get out of bed, that's a good start. That's mm -hmm. great, man. So that's usually the first off the checklist. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I woke up. I'm up. And up and at it. Goes on from there. David, can you, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started into into the world of acting you know it uh i it started i think it started way back in 1976 when my father uh when i was 10 years old and he took it he was only able to take us to two movies in our entire i'm one of 11 children oh my gosh and, yeah so imagine taking uh, 13 people with my parents and he's he was only able to take us to two movies my entire childhood and in 1976 he took us to our very first movie and i thought he was going to take us to go see a western because that was my father's favorite kind of movie and uh and and lo and behold he took us to see star wars and that was the first movie you ever you ever saw that was the first movie i ever saw in a movie theater whoa and, and you can that, never see uh, movies again then. <laughs> that, that, that's the max that's the winning at its finest <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was it and I, it was just so cool and i was so overwhelmed as a 10 year old 
watching these people on screen. And I, I just felt that if I was having that much fun watching them, they must really be having a good time. And I think that was the first moment that I thought, dude, I want to do that, you know? And, and so, uh, you know, then I got into school and sports and played high school sports and had some success with that. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was pre-med. And then I realized I didn't want to be around sick people my whole life. And so then I, I moved to New York and lived with my aunt and uncle because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And so when I was 19, I moved to New York. And my cousin took me to her acting class in New York City. And I've never forgiven her since. <laughs> How dare you? And, and <laughs> I, yeah, I, and, and you know, when they say that the, the bug bites you, it bit me hard. And from that first acting class, I. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I went back to school. I, I, I moved back to Texas. I enrolled at the at Tyler Junior College just because I had no experience. I had no idea what to do other than those classes that I took in New York City. But I wanted to start at the very bottom, not saying that Tyler Junior College is the very bottom because it, it's a, an award-winning drama department. Uh, Tyler Junior College has a, a tremendous drama department and when I started doing plays and I just took off from there. I mean, I just, I loved it, everything about it. I loved performing, I loved the reaction. I loved the, the emotion of it, whether it be a comedy or a drama and, and just getting that reaction was, was uh, uh, just so fulfilling. And, and I, I, it, the bug bit me hard. And then from that, you know, I met my wife at Tyler Junior College and then from there, you know, we just took off and went to Minneapolis, was with the Minnesota Shakespeare Company in, wow. in Minneapolis. And then we moved to New York and our daughter was born and I signed with my first agent. It took me two years uh, to sign with my first agent. And then I, I knew that TV and film was what I wanted to do. And I talked to my agent and they said, if you moved to, to LA, if, if you want to do TV and film, that's where you got to go. And so they agreed to represent me in LA and then our son was born in LA. And uh, this is a long answer to a short question. But no, I love I, I it. I think the initial, uh, you know, we, we moved to LA and, and our son was born and I really wasn't getting enough work to sustain us. And uh, uh, my kids were missing out on growing up with their cousins and their grandma and grandpa and, and, and on both sides of my wife's family and my family. So we moved back to Texas to raise them. And that's when we started the deli uh, in our, here in Arlington, the Tin Cup Deli. And uh, once that got established and it started becoming successful, we, we had, you know, I didn't have to worry about income anymore. Uh, you know, I was, it, uh, it grounded me and, and uh, then, you know, uh, roles started rolling in. I, I, I signed with an agency here and I, cause I wanted to continue doing it. And I didn't know what kind of capacity I would be able to do it here in Texas, but I've gotten more work here in Texas than I ever did in New York or LA. And so the, the deli, I, I, I'm someone, I have to get up and get going in the morning. I can't sit by the phone and wait for the phone to ring or, or, or decide what I have to have a purpose when I get up and the deli has given me that. And so I get up and I'm, I'm still there every day when I'm not, you know, auditioning or working. But, um, uh, 
the last 10 years is really when things started saying, I am a 30 year overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one long night. I, I freaking yeah. love that. And I love that um, we live in a day and age now where you're able to, where you don't necessarily have to live on the coasts. Do, yeah. Like, can you kind of cut, touch on that a little bit of like, you know, how technology and everything has made things easier for you to live abroad, like, you know, just not have to live in LA or New York? The, the, um, well, I, I have a studio here, a gentleman that has a studio that puts me on tape. Um, and so I, I don't have to do it from home. I don't like doing it from home. Uh, and so I can go, he's got the proper lighting, he's got the proper setup. And so you don't have to be in the room anymore. It is best to be in the room with a casting director, director, producer, which eventually you end up doing uh, when you get callbacks or, or, or second callbacks or even third callbacks. But um, the downside to that is the competition level is so much greater because then you're not just competing with people in the room anymore. You're competing with all of those taped auditions that are coming in. You're competing with people from New York, LA, Miami, Chicago, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, you know, Canada. And so the competition level is so much greater. Oh, wow. That's true. Yeah. But you, you don't have to be in those locations anymore uh, in order to get work. It, I think that it's just made it so much harder to get that work. But, uh, and that's why I am so grateful for any job that may or may not come that way, my way. I'm just grateful to audition and have the opportunity. I used to hate auditioning. It used to be so nerve wracking and now I love it. I eat it up. It's my five minutes to, to do what I love to do the most. And I prepare for it like it's a final exam or, a, a, you know, a, the last question on my, to get my doctorate. Every audition, I go over and over and over again and again, and I study it because I know that that competition level is so great. I go back to the, um, the Sally Fields, uh, I'm really dating myself with <laughs> Sally Fields quotes, but she said, I had to be so good they couldn't say no because, as she said, she wasn't the best looking. She wasn't the, the sexiest, the most attractive. And, and I find myself in that. I'm, I'm not, I, my agent out in L.A. even told me, he says, Damon, you're a good looking guy, but you're not really leading man material. And you're, you're not bad looking enough to be a character uh, actor either. So we really don't know what to do with you. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I mean, and it's the two factor. My, my acting instructor in New York City said it's the two factor and you can't do anything about that. You're too tall, you're too short. You're too mm -hmm. fat, you're too thin. You're too ugly, you're too good looking. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything about the two factor. Yeah. And so you have, have to be so good, they can't say no. And of course, it's a hit or miss. There's no rhyme or reason to this business. And, and once you realize that, then uh, then you realize the audition process is just, it's your five minutes and that may be all you get that month, that week, that year. 
I really like and that perspective. So I really like that perspective yeah. a lot. Like that is definitely not how I ever, when I was doing like monologues in, in college or anything like that, like for auditions, it, I would get so nervous. That's, I just think that's a really good mental shift. Like this is my five minutes. I'm going to own it. And I don't really have control after that, but I get to show myself and what I can do. I like that. Yeah. Take that five minutes and make it yours. Yeah, you have to. You have to. It's just too too much competition uh, out there that, that uh, you have to own it. And uh, I enjoy it. I love it. Do your, well, does your family, like, chime in on your monologue practice at home? You know, uh, my family is so over me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mine, too. I feel that. <laughs> yes. It, it, the eye, you can hear the eye rolling in the background as I'm working on a, a monologue or a, a scene, and <laughs> they uh, and they hear all the stories. That, and for example, I just worked on um, Reagan with uh, with Dennis Quaid. I'm name dropping. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, EQ shot right here in Oklahoma. And, yes, <laughs> and he was awesome. He was like hanging out with my big brother. That's awesome. And. Uh, he really was, and I, I love working with people like that because you realize, oh, they're just like everybody else, you know, which is yeah. my experience with working with Hugh Jackman, another name drop. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, can't, I still get excited. Mm -hmm. I still get yeah. so excited about being on set and working. It doesn't matter how much I ever do or, or, or what status I ever may or may not reach. I will always get excited about being on set and working. And get so I come home and I'm I'm telling my wife about working with Dennis and how cool he was and how what great interaction we had and how the scene was going so well and and him coming up to me afterwards and, and saying great job and and she goes that's great could you take the trash out <laughs> so yeah, that's the, that's the level of my family just <laughs> yeah. over it with me. <laughs> You know, Dad, Dad spends time with Hugh Jackman and Dennis Quaid, you know. I'm over it. I'm over it. It's no big deal. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> get your friend Dennis to do the dishes. Yeah, you're still a dork. Yeah. And um, we know you. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice and humbling. Yeah. yeah so stop name dropping and um, you know, get to work. How much of a difference do you think, like, having your deli and kind of having this, like, main staple in your life, this consistency in your life, how much of a difference do you feel like that makes? I think it makes all the difference in the world, and I think that's one of the only reasons that I started working uh, recently. Because, like I said, it, I, the first 20 years in this business, I did, I got not work and in the last 10 years I think because and, and we've had the deli for 17 so it's been very successful it paid our bills I didn't again I didn't have to worry about where my income was coming from so I think it meant a lot going into auditions I didn't I no longer needed the work mm. I wanted the work and so feel I, like I think yeah do you feel like casting directors can almost like smell that feeling of like, please? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and even though you, you go in with all the confidence in the world because you're prepared and you know what you're doing and, and, and you, you've rehearsed it a thousand times, there is whatever you want to call it, that aura, that, that confidence, uh, however you want to perceive that, 
they will sense that. Yeah. They'll pick up on that no matter how hard you try uh, to hide that. They'll pick up on it. And if you go in confident enough, not just in the material, but in yourself and in your ability to relax and not need it, but want it, because you're still, you're still, you're going to be adrenalized when you go in. You're not nervous. You're adrenalized. You're excited. And, and they want to see that. They want to see that you, you, you want it, but you don't need it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's such a good word. Like so far we've gotten some really great advice for all you potential actors out there. Like, and I love that. Stay humble. You know, don't, don't have that aura of desperation yeah. and have fun in your auditions and just like, and you've maintained this love of acting. Like you genuinely, whenever I've gotten to work with you, you genuinely love being on set. You're such a joy to work with because you just have this positivity among, uh, in, you know, radiating from you. Thank you. And, or it's he's just, such a good actor that he's able to fake he's it. So really he, he's literally <laughs> Sally Fielding you, Brian. He's Sally Fielding you. He is so good. He got me you again. You have to believe it. You don't even know that he just can't stand you at all. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. I actually used that on one of the uh, sets up in Oklahoma City. And it was um, uh, with Tony, the makeup artist. And, uh, and I always like to play faux diva Damon. <laughs> And, and I will pretend to be this diva on set, and and yeah. uh, and uh, she she goes, you know, you 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 always play these bad guys. You're always the heavy, and, and you know, either the the wife beater or the child beater, or you know, the, the serial killer, or yeah. you're always playing these bad guys. But you're such a sweet, nice guy. And I said. Well, see, that's how good of an actor I am. I've got all of you fooled. I'm not that nice of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think acting cut her off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony Marlowe, you're working with her down in Fear of the Walking Dead now, right? Uh, I the episode I did, she uh, she came on afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Which that's a little preview for the listening audience. We are going to have Miss Tony Marlowe, who is now head makeup artist on Fear the Walking Dead. So legit. Which is so crazy because I've known her, like, Damon, how long have we known her? For like 10 years? Oh, at least. Yeah. yeah. And she does the most beautiful wedding makeup you've ever seen. So that's just the contrast is great. Yeah. Gore and beauty, (laughs) beauty, beauty. And glamour. Gore and glamour and guts. and All the way back to the veil. When did we do the veil? Oh my gosh. I forgot you were on the veil. That was actually like right before my time. That was, when was that? That was um, a Brent Ryan Green film. That was his first film. And that was shot in 2012, I think. 12? I want to say 2012. Wow. I was working at a studio at that time. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was uh, yeah, I think it was 2012 because that was. I got that right after the Lone Ranger name drop. You know, when yeah, I yeah. Johnny Depp. Um, you know. All these names are falling. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it That's so, so cool. much. Uh, my mother, my, my mom and my mother-in-law are just going to sit here and listen to this and be like, he met who? He worked with what? Like, they're going to love it. They're going to eat up every name you've dropped so far. It's just like Mwah, candy to them. Hey there, film folks. 
If you're trying to get your project made, I gotta tell you about my friends over at ngpfilm.com. If you are in the state of Oklahoma and you need equipment to get your project made, you need to go to NGP. They've got camera equipment, grip and electric equipment, sound equipment, production gear, stuff for your locations, pretty much everything. And if they don't have it, they're gonna help you find it. Their customer service and support is out of this world. Literally, if you're in the middle of your day and you need extra gear, they will come to where you are and drop the stuff off. Or they have a super convenient night pickup and drop off. So you can call them, they'll leave it in these really cool little bins with a code that they give you, and then you show up and you put the code in, and then voila, you got the gear. And then when you're done with the gear, you come back, you leave it in the drop off, you put the lock back on, and then shazam, your day's over at three in the morning. NGPfilm.com is pretty much the best thing Oklahoma Film has to offer. If you have any rentals, anything that you need, check them out, NGPfilm.com. Well, let, let's hear some of those stories, man. Like we, we've gotten some solid audition and advice. Let's hear some crazy onset stories. Starting with the freaking Lone Ranger and working with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Like I, I got to, it was a dream come true. And I don't know that it would ever get any better than this. It was, it was my first big budget movie. It's a $200 million movie. It was two and a half months of riding horses and shooting guns. And the first two weeks was cowboy boot camp where we trained on horses and we rode guns, we, we fired guns and, and uh, for two weeks, that's all we did for eight hours a day, just trained on these horses and, and shot, shot our, our weapons. And, um, and in the next two months, uh, I was in Monument Valley, Utah and Canyon Beach, Arizona, shooting on all these locations that John Ford and John Wayne shot their movies in. And uh, it was surreal and a dream come true. I mean, what little boy doesn't want to grow up and ride horses and shoot guns and get paid for it? I was pinching myself every day. I was like, I can't believe they're paying me for this. And uh, Johnny was cool. just, it was so cool. And, and, and Johnny was just this soft-spoken, genteel, quiet man that, a small example is the, the, the scene where I, I played one of the rangers. And I was Ranger Blaine. And we all get shot. And, you know, one of the Rangers survives, which is Army Hammer. He goes on to be the Lone Ranger. And there's this scene where we're all buried in the sand. And the sun is bearing, bearing down on us the whole time. Of course, you're dead. You can't move. You're, you're sitting there in your, in your sand coffin in the desert. And Johnny he is having his scene with the horse and he's going back and forth and you know this is hours upon hours and we're just laying there and then Gore Verbinski yells cut and he goes to talk to his DP about the next scene and of course we lay there for continuity reasons because you don't move mm -hmm. until you're told you can move well when Gore said moving on we stayed there and and Johnny didn't take off to his trailer he didn't just leave he walks over to Gore, who wasn't being malicious by not telling us we could get up. Johnny walks over to Gore and says, um, is it okay if they get out of there now? Oh, like he was wow. looking out for us. Oh, you know? that's so cool. Right? He didn't just walk away or, or go do his own thing. He was looking out for us. And yeah. Of course, you know, that's just a small example of, of what I witnessed. And then um, on Logan, 
I, I got, yeah. it, was, it was just one week. <laughs> yes! <I> tuned in. <laughs> yes! Did you have to go through X-Men boot camp on that one? No, no. <laughs> it's called, it's called no the danger room, Nick. Right, oh, right. Oh, I probably should have. Um, <laughs> got the hell beat out of me. Um, and it, it, it was one week in Mississippi in July. Ooh. In a cornfield, <laughs> and I mean, getting eaten up by mosquitoes and chiggers, and just it was just in sweltering heat. Thank goodness the the, the fight scene. Uh, I did two scenes: one at a water well and, and a fight scene where everybody gets slaughtered. And it was at the farmhouse, and um, and for a whole week, the first night, okay. Uh, and you, this is a $90 million production and there's two, 300 people on the set and Hugh walks up and I'm thinking, wow, that's, and I said my name once and he remembered it the entire week I was there. Wow. And I, I watched him do that with any new person on the set. Okay. And, and the whole time I'm watching him, he was in he was in for 12 hours from sundown to sunup take after take after take i'm watching him do these fight scenes and and uh, you know how intense the wolverine is oh. and he's doing push-ups and doing 45 pound dumbbells and to keep that intensity take after take after take all night long every night and then the director would yell cut and he was this big door Work, dad on the phone with his kids and no sweetheart I don't think you should spend the night tonight you need to stay with mom tonight and singing show tunes and telling jokes and just big goofball but he, here's this guy who's like 6'3 and just this physical specimen and he's got all the talent in the world and he was the nicest guy you'd ever meet it really pissed me off <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to punch him because mm -hmm. I was like, you can't be that good looking, that talented and be nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not it's fair. just it's not fair. But and then and then on you know, on Fridays, he would he didn't have his assistant do it. He on Fridays he'd go around and he'd buy enough scratch off lottery tickets. This is like a camaraderie thing. He's handing out tickets scratch off tick lottery tickets to like 200 people running wow. around the set just as something fun to do you know wow. it's like five five dollar tickets to everybody he did that every friday night and uh, it was amazing to watch him and you know here's a guy he doesn't have to work another day in his life you know, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and he was working harder than anybody else on set such and a good point to hear like the the physical nature of how hard he has to work too because i think a lot of people forget oh it's like you just get on on set and i'm sure they make you feel comfortable if you're hugh jackman you don't have to work hard uh -huh. no he's over here lifting heavy weights in between every single take i mean that's that's fascinating to hear and it just shows that you still have to work hard even if you're super good and rich <laughs> absolutely and that was that was the thing that made the most the biggest impression on me was it, how hard he works and it just goes to show you he's at the level he is at because of that hard work. And there's no making it. 
you know, yeah. you, you, you get there, what you think is, there's no, there's no, you never, there's never a point where you make it and, oh, you can relax and take it easy. No, you still have to work and maintain that intensity throughout your career. If you want to continue to have that career and you realize that that was a very big life lesson for me, even though I knew that from, from, you know, my upbringing, um, but to, to, to see that someone at that level working that hard and being that intense, you just realize they, they have earned everything they've gotten. You know, it just made a great impression on me. That's know? so cool. That's really Man. great. So you've, so you've started, you know, lifting weights in between takes too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Especially the ones <laughs> where I'm, you know, no. I, <laughs> Even when he's not on camera. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it does make you feel about this big. I was like, I really got to start working now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Oh, man. I'm, not, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> He's making the rest of us look really bad. <laughs> well, and I love what you thought, like, um, when you mentioned, like, he's still checking in on his, on his kids and stuff. I am always so fascinated by uh, how people that reach a particular level, how they are able to balance family life and film life or just working in the entertainment industry. Like, that's the one part of, you know, whenever people are trying to break in to the entertainment industry, that I don't very few there's very few platforms that ever talk about the family side of things and I want to talk about that just a little bit okay like how hard is that I, I think for, I've never really reached the level of success, success that the individuals like that have that have to deal with that on a daily basis and I I have the utmost respect for anyone in this industry that uh, works consistently enough to to have to be away from their family uh, and still maintain relationships. Relationships and having a family are hard enough as it is. And when you're away months at a time, and and you know you're constantly praised and constantly you know taken care of and I mean, that was my first experience on the Lone Ranger, that two and a half months. I mean, everything is done for you. You leave your laundry bag outside your hotel room. It's picked up, done, folded, and back in your room. And you're, you know, and you're driven everywhere and you're taking care of people are bringing you food and drinks and, and taking unbelievable care of you. It's very heady stuff. And, you know, to, to be able to maintain some semblance of gratitude and yeah, self-awareness it's, it's got to be a mind job after a while yeah I, I, it made me realize no wonder child actors have such a hard time because if if they're successful in any way shape or form and they're always taking care of, they don't know how to uh to run their lives yeah you know and they don't know how to take care of themselves or just pay bills or just do daily daily things that you have to do as an adult and so I think it's, I do, I have the utmost respect for anyone in this industry that has, uh, you know, been successful and, and not only been successful in the career, but been successful in life and, you know, uh, have a relationship and, and have kids and have a family. So uh, uh, with, with me, it's never, it, it kind of creeps in every once in a while when I do have to be away 
and you know you just have to reassure your your spouse and your kids that you love them and you're there for them and and you know you get home and they tell you to take the trash out and you go okay yeah yeah it's uh, i'm loved you and know you call I'm your assistant and she takes the trash out <laughs> yes. I'll do it, though. Why aren't you complimenting me? <laughs> yeah. Doing it right? Is this good? Is this good? Yeah. Do we need to do it again? Yeah. Take? Yeah. Yeah. Do we need I, another I take of that? I can take the trash out again. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I can see why people struggle uh, with it. And, and uh, you know, it, it's relationships and, and families are amazingly difficult as it is so yeah uh, i can see why the industry uh people in the industry have such a difficult time with it and and uh it is tricky very fortunate yeah it's tricky from like i can imagine from the acting standpoint it's definitely tricky from the crew standpoint i i i admire people that are able to like you've been married for 30 years yes Um, that's crazy first that's of all awesome. regardless yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well done hats off to you sir yeah. you. Uh, well hats off to my wife really yes <laughs> yeah true. i mean uh, she's the one that has had to put up with all this for you know 30 years and so uh um you know imagine you know your spouse just all of a sudden takes off and is gone for months on end and you're at home home having to take care of everything uh, take yeah. care of the kids so yeah, it's it's uh it's really because ultimately I know you're you're going to to work and do your job and do your thing, but uh, it's different when you have to be away and mm. uh, the 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 spouses um you know and and the the care the the providers of care for your children they deserve all the credit and you better give it to them. Uh, <laughs> any way shape and form that you can so thank you for the 30 years i think it's crazy um you know my wife and i look at each other and go who does that what do you, do? <laughs> you know um and 30 years goes by fast and uh it's never been easy you know moving around from we got married in texas moved to l for three months, Minneapolis for a year, New York for two years, back to LA for six, and then back here to Texas uh, for 20. And, uh, you know, it's never, never been easy, but it has never been boring. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. What word of advice would you like to give the spouses of actors out there? Like if, if you have a, a young couple who one person is pursuing a career in acting, what's something that you feel like the spouses should know? Uh, keep them grounded keep them uh you know don't let them get away with any bullshit Um, (laughs) you know um my wife has never let me get away with anything and uh she has kept me grounded and i give her all the because it is heady stuff i mean if you think about it it just it, it can get very overwhelming and and it's an awesome thing and it's an awesome responsibility uh, to to not take that for granted and not let it go to your head. I, I you know, I, talking about Hugh Jackman, you know, if I were six two and that good looking and that talented, I don't know that I wouldn't be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I, 
A lot of us probably would be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'd all be like, we're pretty awesome though. I mean. Yeah. Have you seen me? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be an asshole if I was if only I was only like six three. Even slightly tall. taller, like, yeah, slightly better enough. looking. I probably it probably wouldn't be good. I mean, so you know, the kudos to people like that that can stay grounded. So, word of advice to spouses of actors is just keep it real with your spouse, and you know, let them know that you're there and you love them, and and that you're not going to be, you know pushed aside or taken advantage of or, or looked over um, because really at the end of the day, the most important thing is your spouse and your kids and family and the people that you love the most and supposed to love the most because everything else can go by the wayside real quickly. Mm. And, uh, you know, um, keep your, keep, keep the people in your lives that, that love you. Don't let that go. Yeah. So balancing, work and life and family and also owning a deli what's that like oh god you you know i would go insane if i didn't have all that going um my my uh and and i get that from my father my father always had to be busy he always had all these uh, fires burning and uh I, i like i said i have to get up and go now don't get me wrong i like my my veg out time too. I like to sit on the couch and just binge watch TV. Oh yeah. And, oh know. yeah. But uh, after you know an hour, two or three of, of that, I, I got to get up and, and stay busy and do things. So it's uh, it's fun. I like it. I I, I wish I was busier. Mm-hmm. That's one thing um, I've learned sometime. from this uh, from the last year of uh, you know everybody being in quarantine and everything. People should work. People yes. need things to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you have to stay busy or you start thinking about things you don't need to think about. Yeah. Um, get you into trouble. You know, idle hands make the devil's work. My mom always said. I'm saying. Amen. Amen. Hey. Well, Damon, we're about to let you go, buddy. But uh, do you have any any last words of advice that you would get, like to give to any aspiring actors? Number one word of advice, work hard and never stop working hard. You can achieve whatever you want to achieve. And, and that is, that's a God's honest truth, but you have to work hard. Now there are cases where some people just get lucky and they get a lucky break and you know things happen for them and that's great i don't begrudge anybody that ever has a career in this business i'm happy for anyone who's able to to have a career maintain a career and and that's awesome but that is so far and few between the ones that Mm. really work are the ones that work hard they're professional they show up on time they hit their mark they, they, they know their lines and they're professional. Work hard and things will happen and your reputation will grow and, and uh, you know, people will like working with you. Don't be that guy, you know, or that girl that everybody goes, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, just work hard and things will happen. I love it. Excellent. One last fun question. Do you watch yourself? Oh, oh. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, do, do 
athletes watch uh, old film. Athletes watch. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, yeah. They do. That's true. Athletes watch film on themselves every single day. Uh, otherwise, how are you going to do it from like a, an analytical, like if I could change and tweak perspective, oh, that that's how I have to absolutely. do it when I listen or when I do any of that. Yes. I mean, how are you going to get better? Um, and I, you know, that's a, that, I, I, I just think that, that, uh, you're studying game film every time you watch yourself. Um, you know, you, you have to watch the process to, to learn how to get better at the process, I think. And so, you know, and, and if actors don't want to watch themselves, that's cool. I mean, I can understand comfortable because I've watched myself and I've cringed. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, it's yeah. cringy, but I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but what athlete hasn't watched themselves and, and, and seen themselves mess up, you know, uh, miss a shot or, or miss a tackle or, uh, you know, um, miss a putt. Uh, but that's why you watch game film. So I just consider anytime I watch myself, I'm watching game film. I'm trying to get better. Training up. I like it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Dude, thank you so much for giving us some of your time and, and wisdom. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, you know, don't do much social media. The only social media, I'm at Damon Carney 10 on Instagram. And that is about that. I don't have Facebook. I don't do TikTok and you know as you could have as you witnessed earlier I'm not that technologically savvy. <laughs> yeah. um, you have a MySpace or a Zanga? <laughs> Ooh, I still have Zanga. <laughs> I have hey, where can people find the the Ten Cup Deli? Oh yeah, uh, Arlington, ten twenty five West Abrams Street, Arlington, Texas seven six zero one three. Check us out on Yelp. We've been there for seventeen years, and I. Give props to my wife. She designed the entire menu, came up oh, wow. with the whole design. Um, and the first three, four years, she made every sandwich coming out of that place. Wow. And I, I did every dish. And so my, my wife is the one that, that developed the whole business plan. And I, I, I'm there just to, you know, to, I'm the front of the house. She's the back of the house. Of course, she doesn't, <laughs> have, to, she doesn't have to anymore. We, we've been successful enough. We hired people and, and we just uh, manage it and uh, but like I said I'm there every day I still get up and go prep in the morning and uh, you know wash the romaine and cut the romaine and, yeah <laughs> uh, uh, do you film yourself doing the dishes so you can <laughs> <laughs> no I, I don't do that Damon but, you need uh, to work on your romaine washing form <laughs> <laughs> oh I get told that no, yeah no. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for uh, for your time. This has been really, really cool. You are thank very you. welcome. Anytime. I'm, I'm flattered and honored. And, and uh, I love doing this anytime you want to. Like I said, this was my first. So I hope it went well and I hope you enjoyed it. Wow, that was such an awesome conversation. And I've always had uh, just lots of questions about like having a family and being in the industry. And I... His passion is, is, that's what it is. Like, you've got to have a passion for it. I love that. Like, it's yeah. being passionate and being, you know, very controlled with your decisions about how you handle and balance everything. I don't know. It's, it's, what a cool thing. Not to mention, come on. <laughs> He's worked with some cool people, He's worked dude. with freaking Hugh Jackman. 
I was fine with the name dropping completely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what's really funny is I remember when Logan came out, I was watching in theaters, and I remember that scene where, you know, the, the farmers come out and they're like, you know, the guys were like, we're going to kill you. <laughs> and one guy takes a freaking claw to the face. Yes. And that I remember was a- at that moment being like, He's familiar. <laughs> that guy. Oh, what? Where do I know him from? Oh, that's there's Damon Carney. Damon yeah. Carney. Usually has a claw on his face, though. Usually. Yeah. That's what gave it away. That's true. We should have just told, I guess we never really complimented him with how well he took that claw to the face. He took the claw to the face like a champ. He took that so well, man. Mm, couldn't do it much better. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I don't even know what games to even try to attempt to play now. Yeah, I don't, I don't have I don't have any Kelly's Corner. Oh, ooh, I do have a Kelly's Corner moment. Ooh, for this. okay. Okay. I'm going to use it in my whole eventually there's going to be a bit where <laughs> I, I I literally prove that Everly is a tiny poltergeist who was meant to haunt me around the house. She disjointed her elbow throwing a temper tantrum like in The Exorcist, okay? <laughs> I'm standing at the bottom of the stairs and this girl, two years old, I'm just holding her little hand, her tiny little baby hand. She's being all like, okay, like we're going up to bed. And then of course you never, ever, ever tell the kid what you're doing. Don't tell them your plans. You never tell them. You lie to them or you just don't say anything. Where am I going? I don't know yet. We'll find out. (laughs) Not bed. Definitely don't say you're going to bed. So I made the mistake of, okay, let's go up to bed. And it just, she looked at me like, no and then she <laughs> yanked i was holding her hand and she yanked her arm down and pulled herself to the ground and dislocated her elbow that's insane it, that's it was it, almost a little admirable her little her little that's baby commitment strength. yeah that's commitment yeah it, it was and then of course huge instant regret i mean she and then she like drapes it and of course i'm <laughs> this just was devastated. The wrong decision. devastated i heard the pop i heard it Ooh. she's draped her little baby arm across her body and now she can't move she's screaming like all get Ooh. out i just come up to aaron and i'm like hey this happened i swear i didn't do it she did it <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> i just felt like immediately i had to be like Your i just Honor, want to clarify yeah, that if anyone wants that. to say that i pulled her arm out she yanked it out of her own socket away from me, okay? I wish it were filmed. I wish it were filmed. <laughs> we, we, cut like, to, we cut to a court of law <laughs> where uh, <clears throat> Kelly is explaining um, <laughs> the situation of why this man is dead and dismembered. <laughs> Order, order. All right, all right. Let's uh, get back to business here. Uh, Ms. Lawson, you were, you were saying? I was, okay. I'm trying, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I'm trying my best to just explain the truth as it happened. All right. So when I say that Mr. Belvedere's arm came off, I'm telling you, it just, it just, it just popped off. I did not, I did not saw it. I did not cut it. I did not break any of the ligaments or skin barriers, nothing. It all within a span of five minutes, they all just pop, popped off. Uh, Your Honor, I, I would like to ask a few questions of Miss Lawson here. I'll allow it, but watch yourself. <laughs> 
Mr. Higgins. Now, Miss Lawson, you say that uh, your victim, his arms and legs just fell right off. It was not my victim. My daughter was with me. My daughter was with me and she saw it all. She saw everything. He screamed at me and his limbs popped out of their body. Off the bot, they just popped. He screamed, it was like he blew up and they just exploded off of him. Yeah, Your Honor, it was, it was, it was a cacophony of sounds and uh, just in a complete orgy of just colors coming and from- And limbs. I would like to let the record show that a small child of this caliber using words like cacophony and orgy is most, most disturbing and irregular. No, 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 no. I She's agree, very... but I agree, but I'll allow it. She's very Cont advanced for her age, very advanced. Continue, So advanced that perchance she could partake in your disligamenting of this senior sir? Objection, your honor. Um, I feel like the Southern lawyer is a stereotype and therefore he should be disbarred from this courtroom. Uh, it's an interesting argument there. Sustained. Mr. Wait, <laughs> now wait a now wait just a god dang second, Your Honor. Are you saying that I cannot make my arguments due to my incredibly stereotypical accent and persona? I'm saying that it's a bit much, Mr. Higgins, and also this two-year-old is very eloquent and very, very convincing. Can we get so. back to the part where the limbs popped off? <laughs> Miss Lawson. Popped off! <laughs> Ms. Lawson, we're, we got bigger stuff to talk about. Your daughter is, I swear, like gonna be a, a hotshot lawyer. You know what, let's have, the, uh, let's have her come up and start doing some of the cross-examination. Yeah, okay. Um, no, wait a, no, wait just a god dang second, Your Honor. I am not the one on trial now. Or, or to am I on the trial, trial being sworn into the Supreme Court. So, seems here our next case is that, um, uh, this is a real doozy. Okay, so, all right, get this, Justices. Um, a baby took over the court case uh, for the lawyer in a murder trial, and somehow the only person who went to jail was the prosecutor. <laughs> I, uh, is there a precedent for this? Uh, Justice Smith, what do you think? Well, uh, if there wasn't a precedent before, I believe it is now, and I, uh, I must take the side of the small baby. Mm, yes, I too uh, rule on the side of the small, uh, but very compelling arguments uh, of, of, the, of the child, the, the small child. Uh, in fact, I think, I think, when I die, I would like for this small child to take my place. Mm. I, I concur. I can see that. All in, mm. all in favor? Is that, that's I how do say, yes, let the record show that her dying wish should be honored. This small baby will be nominated in my place for my, my, court, my, my seat on the Supreme Court. I'm going to die now. Okay. Not to the Oval Office. I think this sounds like a great idea. <laughs> it's the best idea of all time. Cut to the new uh, uh, hit series, Baby Judge. 
all right, all right, order, order. I will not have any shenanigans in my courtroom. <laughs> I've been doing this for this many years, and I do not want any more chicanery going. Okay. So, mommy, it the it happened again, right? Another body was dismembered. Why don't I, don't, I don't know what to say. This time they fell off, which is a different sound than popping. It could was you, a more of a sound. Could you say that again for the stenographer, please? With uh, the sound. Did you get all that down, Mr. Johnson? I did. I most certainly did. Hey, wait a minute. You sound just like that lawyer. I got demoted. <laughs> I did not know where I was expecting it to go, but I, I really enjoyed that. No, that was, that was a nice uh, whirlwind adventure of our legal system. That's how I see my, definitely, like, my kids are definitely going to be baby judges. Oh, yeah. yeah. Baby oh, judge. Yeah. Baby Coming judge. Coming to NBC in 2021. I I would not be super surprised, man. That is yeah. Well, I mean, if if my daughter's willing to pop out her own joints to get you know to not go to bed, then I don't know what she's willing to do to pass the bar exam. And I'm not. I we'll find out though. Yeah. Come hell or high water. Well, this November. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. My favorite part of the story is 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 the fact that as I'm in a panic mode and holding her, and I take I take her upstairs, and Aaron, who is. Like he's just this, you know, he's just this straight line of, of neutral emotion in my life, which I desperately need. But this time, this time, it was not what I needed at all. He, I, I'm, I'm like panicking. I'm like, I need to take her to the ER. I'm starting to pack a bag. I'm like, turn on, the, you know, start the car. Uh, you stay here with the kids. And he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we sure that she's hurt? And I was like, yes, this is for sure bad. Okay, okay, hold on. And then he just Googles for like two seconds, just kind of Googling. And he's like, okay, I found at least 15 videos of how to fix this. I'm just going to go ahead and watch a few. And I was like, oh, man. And he pulls up nursing elbow, like popping. And I was like, you get away from my daughter. (laughs) I've never mama bared him like that. But I was like, oh, man. No, this is one time where your off the grid mentality does not work for me. Yeah. Oh, man. So we took her to the ER. Now, granted, I have to give him credit. The doctor did exactly what he was probably going to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. But, you know, I just had to have the doctor do it. And the doctor was fantastic. It just, yeah, it made it 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 better for me. So the the happy end of the story is that she's all back to normal. She's all fine. And even the doctor said in the hospital, I was like, does she need medicine? What's going on? You know, and he was like, uh, he was just so calm the whole time. It took all of five to ten minutes for him to fix it all. And he just goes, oh, no, she won't remember any of this. Oh and he's, <laughs> good. <Man>. Freaking good. <laughs> then I was like, but, and then I, but then I have to go, but did she not learn her, con- like, the consequence of her actions, though? Because yeah. I kind of need her to learn not to yank her yeah. own joints out during a tantrum. I, I feel like. And the moral of the story is just forget. Yeah. Just forget. <laughs> She's going to have a weird, whenever you tell her to go to bed in the future, she's going to be like, whenever you say that, my arm starts hurting. Really why, is my, why is there this pop? This right around, right around bedtime, my arm just starts killing me, man. <laughs> she did thank the well, doctor, like, exceedingly. She's like, doc, she can't even talk, but she, like, talked for this doctor. She was like, thank you, doctor, arm, thank you, like, over and over much. again. I was like, all right, enough, enough. He's going to get paid for what he did. You, you don't it, need to give that it. much credit. That's kind of adorable. <laughs> 
Well, if you liked what you have heard tonight or today or whenever time of day you're watching, listening to this, uh, be sure to check us out at patreon.com slash okishosho and become a patron today if you would like to be a a part of what we're doing. You can also check us out at youtube.com slash okishosho. That's right. We have an actual domain name now, finally. Hey. We're big time. Okishosho online, uh, okishosho.com. And then, of course, on all of our socials at okishosho. And that's it. Be good to yourselves, be good to other people, and we'll see you guys in the next two weeks. Bye! The Oki Show Show is a mostly harmless media podcast recorded at Tower Studios in Oklahoma City. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If you're a business or industry professional that would like to advertise on the podcast, email info at okishowshow.com. Rates starting as low as $25.